Good morning. Uh, This morning our reading is from Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 14. So that's Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from our God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And we pray that you will teach us, teach us now, teach us this year, that we would would grow in knowing you more and more uh, by the truths that we learn about you. We ask this uh, for your glory. Amen. Well, school uh, has returned this week, uh, which means what? First day back photos, right? So who, who took one? Who posted one? Who saw one or many? Yeah, that's, school's back. You see the photos now. It's a frantic week for a lot of people, full of, full of emotions, uh, getting back into, to the routine, uh, getting uniforms, uh, washed and, and ironed, maybe finding, finding the shoes again. Um, or finding the bag, finding something, some surprise in the bag, that that apple that's been there since um, early December, not good. Uh, getting everyone out of the door uh, on time. It's all started again this week, right? There may be dance classes, music lessons. Uh, it all it all starts with a bang. All this this last week, things things are back. And then and then Sunday comes, church. Uh, here, here we are uh, this morning, uh, meeting uh, together. Why? why? Why are we here? Uh, it's great that you're here. Um, yeah, so we're here to, to listen uh, to the word of God. But with everything going on in your life, and for those who, who maybe things are really uh, frantic at the moment, you've chosen to be here with one another with God's people, uh, with, with God to hear from him. 
uh, which is great. But well, it's pretty cool in here, pretty nice. It's pretty hot out there. Now, you could be in the wave pool. You could be at the beach. You could be at the home, maybe in your own air conditioning, maybe getting ready for the week. Uh, but you've chosen to be here together at church, which is great. And this term, we're going to be thinking about the church. Especially as we, like we keep driving past and seeing the progress on the church building. And in the middle of the year, we're, we won't meet here, we're going to meet up there. So it's good for us to consider just, just what is this thing called church, called the church. So today we're especially going to look at uh, this letter, the Ephesians. And see there what God has to say to us about the church. So just a, a little, a little snapshot um, about this letter about Ephesians to the church of Ephesus, and um, it could be a circular a letter as well. Date maybe the early 60s that it was written. Uh, theme: I'm going with God's eternal plan uh, and location: modern, modern Turkey. Uh, so that's that. That's where it is. So that's the that's the letter of Ephesians. So we're going to look at that this morning and what it says uh, about the church. Uh, but I wonder, as you came this morning, as you were getting ready, or as you were walking in from the car park, you managed to get a spot. That's good. Pretty busy out there today. I'm wondering what thoughts you had. Was it of obligation? Was it of expectation, out of habit, that's just what you do, uh, of, of a Sunday, you go to church? Or did you come with a real longing, a longing to, to meet with one another, uh, to meet with God and his people and to, to hear uh, his word, to sp- have that word spoken into your life? Or maybe a, a desire to, to serve, to give to others? Uh, a sense of joy. Maybe there's no thoughts. Maybe you're just thinking of, of the week ahead. My prayer this morning uh, for each one of us is that, that you might be surprised by what you see in God's Word. I want us to sense just how significant is the church in God's eternal plan. So we just read the first uh, 14 verses, which I reckon are some of the, the, the greatest words ever written. So you do well to read those words again later today. Imagine standing uh, on a lookout, uh, overseeing uh, the, the wonder of the, the Jamison Valley. Now there's no smoke. Uh, you can you can breathe in the, the fresh and the, the eucalyptus uh, smell. And you can see as far as the eye uh, can see uh, the beauty of the, the, the Blue Mountains. And you just take it all in. And you can sense the, the wonder of the, the, the beauty of it all. But we're not there. Instead, instead of the Jamison Valley... These verses in Ephesians chapter 1, here we have God's eternal plan in all its beauty and glory. And we can see 
from before the creation of the world. We can see there that God chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then we, we move, we can see onto the, the redemption that takes place at the cross where there is forgiveness of sin. And then on to the, the final redemption, uh, the consummation of it all when Jesus returns. It's majestic, it's magnificent. And all things, all things are brought under Christ. That is the picture that we have here. And those who are in Christ are blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's what we have in these verses. We're not actually going to be looking at these verses uh, this morning, apart from what we've just done. We're going to focus on two other verses from chapter 1 and chapter 3 that speak about the church, the church in God's eternal plan. So at the end of chapter 1, uh, we read this uh, in verses 22 and 23. It says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, Christ, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now I want you to take in what is being said here. So firstly, it says all things, right? all things placed under the feet of Christ. He is head over everything. And then it's probably better to read, rather than appointed, probably actually better to read it as, as gave. Right? God, God didn't just appoint Christ for this. God gave him. God gave his son. God gave Christ to be head over everything. And this is what to take in, this next bit that he gave him to be head over everything for the church or to the church. See, Christ, he is supreme over the whole cosmos, over everything. God has, has given him to be head over everything. Yet his, his supreme reign has something to do especially for his church. Head over everything, but his church is especially special. Now, a school, a school has a head, right? Who's the, the head of the, the school? The principal. Uh, the principal is, is appointed uh, and they have authority over uh, that school uh, for the good of the school, hopefully. The students... Uh, and uh, the staff. Uh, and I love hearing uh, the, the great principles that we have in the schools uh, in our area. I love hearing those stories. This cosmos has a head, and that head uh, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is risen, and he has been given to rule over the entire cosmos. And it is somehow... Uh, for the, the benefit of his people, the church. 
That's amazing, isn't it? Does that not blow your mind just a, a little bit? The place of the church in God's plan. It goes on and it says, uh, about talking about the church, which is his body. Now, take that not to be literal, a metaphor, uh, speaking of the relationship that Christ has uh, with, with those that, that God is, is gathering uh, to him. So again, think of it like a, like a teacher. A teacher has a particular uh, connection to, to her class, uh, to her, her students. Uh, Jesus has this connection to his people. And this connection is so close that it's spoken about as his very own body. The church, his people, is the body of Christ. And it is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's a tricky phrase to understand. Uh, I don't totally understand uh, what that uh, is, is saying. But I think it's saying like the church, the church is the fullness of, of Christ for, for it is his body. So it is his fullness. Uh, it is what Christ came to do, to reconcile people uh, to God, to bring a people uh, to God uh, who will belong uh, to him. Uh, that is the church. Now that is what Christ uh, has done. And now as believers, uh, we, we are said to be in Christ. That's a big theme uh, in Ephesians. Uh, And he goes on to say in chapter 2, verse 6, he says that God has raised us up in Christ, with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So the church is his body, is the fullness of Christ. Uh, It is his people. Uh, And he fills us, he fills us with his presence uh, with his his spirit, with his grace, uh, with with his gifts, uh, we are the people of God, and He fills us with His power and with His presence. That's a, that's a lot to take in. There's a, there's a lot there, but I hope you just sense a little bit of how significant is the church. In God's eternal plan. It is, it is the body of Christ. It is so special, so significant in what God is doing in this world, in this whole cosmos. It's not how the world sees the church, is it? Like what we're looking at here in the world and what, what the media, what other people will think of the church is totally different to this. And so it's easy for us to, to think that the church is, is not much, is, not, is not, nothing special. And sometimes when we come to church, we might feel that uh, as well. The world might question the importance of church and might highlight its failings, uh, and rightly so, um, in, on many occasions. But just see what God thinks of the church. This, this is what God thinks. We are the people of God. And so we are to have a high view 
of the church. The church is that, that heavenly gathering in which we are part, but also local, like what, what we're doing right now here uh, at Stanhope. Uh, we, we're a visible expression of, of that heavenly gathering that is spoken about here. And as we come together each week, I want us to, to love coming together. Uh, we are the church. May we love coming and being part of the church. And may we see just what it is that we are a part of, what God is doing. Let's have a high view of the church and see it for what it truly is. When we do that, our commitment makes sense. When we really get what church is, we will be committed. We will want to come. And I love that so many of you here are committed and do love coming every week. And I'd love that to be to be the case for more and more of us. Uh, commitment uh, makes makes sense when we see the church in God's eternal plan. Uh, but so will giving. Uh, this helps make sense of, of giving as well. And it's great that so many here uh, are committed to giving to what God is doing uh, in this church. And may that continue uh, this year uh, as well. Alright, so that's the first verse. I said we're going to look at two. So are you ready uh, for the second verse? It's pretty big as well. It's uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 2. So chapter 3, verse 2 says that his intent, God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Did you hear that? That is extraordinary, isn't it? Through the church, the wisdom of God made known to the powers, the authorities in the heavenly realms. The church, it's not viewed that highly by so many people. But get a sense here of how God sees it. See its significance in in God's eternal plan. Uh, one person said, uh, the church is the masterpiece of God's grace. The church is the masterpiece of God's grace. Michelangelo, what, what would his masterpiece be? David statue, the um, Sistine Chapel, yep. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, what would his masterpiece be? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, so that, that, that painting of the, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. Um, the Mona Lisa, yep. What about Sydney, Sydney's masterpiece? Public transport? No, no, no. no the Harbour Bridge, the Opera House, that's our masterpiece. But the masterpiece of God's grace, it is the church. Before the creation of the world, God chose a people for himself in Christ. And he predestined them to be his children, to be adopted into his family. God did that before the creation of the world. 
Jew and Gentile. They are one in Christ. As we read in chapter 2, uh, particularly these verses in 15 and 16, uh, we see that God has created in himself, Christ has created in himself one new humanity out of the two, making peace in one body, reconciling both to God through the cross. This is the wisdom of God. All right, what, what God does here, this is the wisdom of God. This is the mystery that is spoken about throughout the letter of Ephesians. But it's no longer a mystery. It's no longer secret. It is now made known. The formation of the church, the people that God is gathering together for himself. And the church makes known the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers, to the authorities in the heavenly realms. So these powers and authorities, this isn't, this isn't Trump, this isn't Putin, uh, Kim Jong-un. I'm not talking about these rulers. These rulers in the, in the heavenly realms. What, what is this heavenly realm? It's an expression that we only find in this letter, Ephesians, but I think it's five times that Paul uses it in this letter. In, um, in chapter 1, it speaks about Christ. Christ has been raised from the dead and he is seated at the Father's right hand in the heavenly realms. Christ is there. We're there as well if you're a believer in Christ. 2.6 says, God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, right now, we are gathered here, but we are also gathered with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's hard to understand, isn't it? Because we're here in the postcode of 2768. But we are also in the heavenly realms with Christ spiritually. We, we are there. But it's not only Christ. It's not only us if you're a believer. It is the, the, the evil spiritual forces as well. They are in the heavenly realms and they are the, the powers and authorities spoken about there. Chapter 6 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. There's a spiritual uh, warfare and there are powers, they are there too, in the heavenly realms. So the heavenly realm, it's not heaven, but it's the, it's the heavenlies. It's some spiritual realm this side of Jesus' return. And what is amazing, the, the heavenly gathering of believers around Christ, of which we are a part of, and expressed locally like we're doing right now, that we make known to these so-called spiritual powers we make known God's manifold wisdom. That's huge, isn't it? 
That's hard to fully understand, but this is what God says about the work he is doing in the church. So I'd say the church speaks of God's victory. The church's testimony of what God is doing in this world in bringing a people together for himself. Just look at us. Here we are, made up of many different ages, from many different backgrounds, many different nations. Where, Where are we from this morning? New Zealand, yeah. Australia, thank you. Where else? Lebanon. Sri Lanka. Africa. What part of Africa? South Africa. Fiji. Riverston. See all parts. Zimbabwe. China. Like, God is bringing together a, a people from all nations to himself to be one new people. That is the church. We see it here in a small way. This is what God is doing amongst us. So our very gathering speaks to the angels of God's victory and what God is doing. It speaks of what God is doing in bringing all things in heaven and on earth under the headship of Christ. So we are testimony of God's wisdom, his power and his glory. Now I'm thinking as you came to church this morning, that's probably not what you were thinking. But this is the the high view that God has of the church. So may we too have a high view of the church. The church is hugely significant in God's eternal plan. And we're part of it by his grace. Do you deserve it? No. None of us deserve it, but by his grace, we are part of it. So may you have a big view of the church. May we see what God is doing in his eternal plan. Uh, This series uh, is titled, uh, Loving Christ and His People. So that's what I want us to do. As we keep looking at the church, may it help us to love Christ more and more and to love one another more and more. May you love coming. May you love being part of the church. This church, your church, Stanhope Anglican. May you see that you belong. May you being a part of this church help you to know God more and more. And may it be a joy for you to do that with one another and encouraging one another to love God and to know his love more and more. Once a week, we get to gather together. Right? The church is God's gathering. And once a week, we get to, to gather as his church here. So may you love coming and being part of the church here.